Welcome to the Orgasmic Lifestyle Podcast by Venus O'Hara. I'm here to welcome you into the world of orgasmic living by hosting experts to discuss orgasmic topics such as nutrition, spirituality, personal development, sexuality, and much more. Here, we will offer lifestyle lessons that can help you lead a fulfilling, joyous, and orgasmic lifestyle. I'm your guide, Venus O'Hara. Welcome to the 24th episode of the Orgasmic Lifestyle Podcast by Venus O'Hara. In this Strawberry Moon episode, I'll be discussing penis size. I'll be sharing an erotic story called Size Matters Sometimes. Then I'll be discussing the book I'm reading now, which is Letting Go, The Pathway of Surrender by David Hawkins. And finally, we'll be experiencing a guided meditation with affirmations for genital acceptance for penises. But first, let's talk about my own opinions and experiences with penis size. When I saw that it was the strawberry moon today and that I wanted to talk about penis size, I thought, what a coincidence, because in Spanish, the word for strawberry is fresa, and they also have a type of fresa called fresón, which means big strawberry, and it's kind of it's kind of shaped like a penis head, and some people use the word fresón for penis, so there's a little bit of a Spanish slang for you. But yeah, I want to talk about this topic for a long time, and because I, th- I think it's one of the biggest questions that I receive, actually, from my male following. I, from my female following, it's usually all about orgasms. I haven't had an orgasm. Which sex toy should I buy? And men usually ask me about penis size. And some people really want to know if their penis is big enough, which which makes me feel a little bit sad, really. I'm kind of flattered that people uh, obviously trust me with this personal information or these uh, these fears that they tend to have or complexes. But I'm also feeling quite sad about how much people worry about this and it's something that seems to be a problem on both ends of the spectrum for example there are some guys that don't think they are big enough and then other guys who seem to have a larger penis they don't know how to please their partner because it seems to hurt them so they don't really know what to do and they feel a little a little lost so if i had a dollar every time i received this question i would be quite quite rich and uh, some guys also they want to send me a picture to see if I think it's big enough and I always say no of course I don't need any more dick pics and these kind of requests are not the same they're not in the same kind of vibe as the dick pic people you know because I do get a few of those as well but I don't think the dick pic people senders are particularly embarrassed about their penis it's kind of the opposite really but I do feel sorry for this uh, for this kind of feeling to have. I think the moment when you are becoming intimate with someone and you undress, it should be a moment of absolute arousal and excitement and joy. Whereas if you're feeling a little bit um, embarrassed or ashamed of your body, then 
that can maybe also, it can definitely ruin the situation. I came across an incredible exercise in a book called The Art of Sexual Magic by Margot Anand, and it's an exercise called Overcoming Genital Shame. And I think it's an exercise that's a great idea to do um, when you're with a partner, someone you feel very comfortable with and you, you are intimate with. And basically you can talk about how your your genital shame and how your genitals have made you feel over your lifetime. For example, when you uh, join puberty, your first sexual encounters, and in general, how you feel when you look down and see your genitals, or if you have a mirror and see them in the mirror, and and, and how you feel about the the shape, the size, the taste, and all of these things. And I think if you come to that kind of level of intimacy with with your partner, you can really enjoy a new heights and of pleasure and intimacy. And I think it's a wonderful exercise that I would highly recommend anyone to do. But um, I think um, porn has a lot to, you know, has a lot of the blame in, in this uh, for people not feeling that they are big enough. I think sometimes porn uses actors with maybe larger penises and maybe the angles have a lot to do with it. But I, I don't think um, having a super big penis is really... A desirable problem either because I think I, I have um, had experiences in my life when I've been with guys who have you know off the charts penises and we, we can't really do much with them because it's just like ow so I think there's a lots of different there's lots of different ways to um to overcome this obstacle for example there are products I can't remember the name of it now but there is a product I think it's called O-Nut or something like that it's basically like these rings that you can put on the base of the penis to stop the whole thing going in so just part of it goes in so it is not it's not hurting the partner so much and also lubricant lubrication is very important and and sexual positions for example if it's a larger one maybe um sometimes doggy style can be a bit much but if you're wearing this particular uh, product then it could be okay and also letting the female partner if you're in a heterosexual relationship or the person receiving the penis they, they could be in control a little bit more and and also if you want a deeper penetration then maybe doggy style and uh, things like that could, could work as well and there are also all things called penis sleeves which are for people who want to feel more um, during sex and one thing I and I came across uh, a book about this, the history of sex toys. Uh, I interviewed a sex toy historian on this podcast, Hallie Lieberman, a few months ago. And it was absolutely fascinating, her research about sex toys. And did you know that dildos were actually hollow inside in the beginning? They were actually made for heterosexual married couples. They, that's hence the name marital aids. And they were for men who had maybe impotence or some kind of they couldn't really perform without this extra dildo, this kind of strap-on device. And that's what the, the origin of the dildo was, all these strap-ons at least. And I think that's quite interesting. So, But I, I think it would be, I don't know how I would bring it up with a person to say, hey, I can't feel anything, can you put this on? I mean, that's the kind of conversation that could be very difficult to have. But I do think um, sometimes men do suffer a little bit more in this types of situations. So I think genital compatibility is, is important, but um, it also it also can, you know, if the female partner can Im improves her pelvic floor, then that can also make a difference. And um, you can never have, I think it's very good in it for many, it has many, um, many benefits having a strong pelvic floor for preventing incontinence, for hip pain, for just um, having 
a stronger grip on the penis, which is more pleasurable for both partners, and more it's um, it, it definitely improves the orgasm as well. Yeah, so I think um, I've always said when people ask me if size is important, I always say that hardness is more important. <laughs> I definitely think so. I definitely think the quality of the erection is more important than how many centimeters or inches there are available. Definitely, that's how it's been in my experience. I remember I had um, two lovers within a very within a very short space of time, and one of them had a very large penis. It was kind of like if I was giving him a blowjob, I could do two hands. Um, I don't know how, to, how I can describe my hands now, but let's imagine it was a two hands and there's still some penis at the top. Whereas the other guy I was with, it was one hand and uh, he was so hard. And I always felt more with the smaller guy. So that kind of goes to show that it's not all about bigger is better, not at all. So I always really do think that quality of erection is probably more important if you want to feel more in in um in during penetration and also of course the pelvic floor muscles i think it's really important to have strong pelvic floor muscles and use them i like to use the pelvic floor muscle and give a penis massage and <laughs> that's very pleasurable very pleasurable for both partners and today i'm going to be sharing a story with you but don't be um put off by the title it does say size matters sometimes but you'll find out that it's actually referring to condom size and uh, it's very important to uh, actually have the right size condoms um, when you are indulging in penetration um, and I know some people think that condoms are uncomfortable or to the point where they don't want to wear them where I think um, the condoms are so essential for, I mean I love condoms and if you've, if, you've, if you've been listening to me you'll know how much I love them but I really recommend a brand called My Size and they have I think it's about seven different sizes of condoms it's not so much about the length it's about the girth and they have um, a tool online so you can know which girth and is for you and they are color coded so you know which color condoms to get and if you have the right size then that will definitely improve your experience and that is that that uh, they, those are my thoughts on size and yes it's not always biggest is better but um i do think having i, I like to have that sensation of i wrote in an article this week two parts of a jigsaw coming together. Yes, amazing. Now it's time for this episode's erotic story, Size Matters Sometimes by Venus O'Hara. Enjoy. One of the coolest things about living in a touristic city like Barcelona is that quite often I'll receive a message on social media from someone from one of my past lives. They're usually contacting me to tell me that they are coming here on holiday and that they would love to meet and catch up. I remember when one guy that I went to uni with contacted me a few years ago. I'd always quite fancied him, but one of my friends ended up getting there first. Even though it was just a one-night stand between them, I considered him to be off-limits because of the girl code. But seeing as she was married now, I figured that she wouldn't be too bothered if I had my turn. It was only fair. Interestingly, she did disclose one piece of vital information about their night of passion that was particularly motivating. Apparently, he had a ridiculously huge schlong. 
this detail made him even more appealing to me. I was going to meet him on a hot Saturday afternoon in a restaurant by the beach. When I spotted him waiting for me, he was just as attractive as I remembered. Just imagining how the night could end was more than enough to make me twitch. We greeted each other and we caught up on life while sipping sangria. We ended up staying the whole afternoon. I hadn't had sex for a while. The prospect of enjoying a huge cock belonging to someone I was already familiar with and who didn't live here seemed perfectly safe, easy and ideal for a commitment phobe like me. What could possibly go wrong? Nostalgia, sangria and the Mediterranean summer breeze was a cocktail that seduced us both. One thing led to another. We ended up kissing in the sea and when he suggested going back to my place, I suddenly remembered that my bedroom was a mess. He was staying with friends, so going to his place wasn't an option. Despite my urgent desire, I decided that the circumstances were less than ideal and that he should come to my place the following day to finish off what we had started. I assumed that he would bring condoms. According to my experience, most guys have their own tried and tested brand and I would never assume to know someone's penile preferences. At least that's what's always worked for me. In addition, if his cock was so big as my friend says it was, he'd probably need extra special ones. The next day, I made sure that my bedroom was impeccable. As I lived in a shared apartment, I'd informed my flatmates that I'd be getting up to no good that afternoon so that no one would disturb me. When he arrived, I showed him around my apartment with its views of the Sagrada Familia. He was very impressed and he said it was the best view of the city that he'd seen that weekend. I was determined that he was about to see a much more interesting one in my dark box room. Once there, we proceeded to get naked and make out with fervent passion on my single bed. I was able to verify with my wandering hands that he was indeed massive. It made me even hornier when I imagined what it might feel like inside me. Have you got any condoms? I asked as I held his throbbing cock. I was dying to take things to the next level. He shook his head. Well, I did have some, I conveniently remembered. I had two in an old cosmetic bag. The first one didn't even go over the bulbous head of his engorged member. In fact, it bounced right off hit the wall and ended up on the floor somewhere. I gave him the second one and exactly the same thing happened. They're so tight, he said. Fuck, I exclaimed with frustration. I even put my dressing gown on and knocked on my flatmate's doors. They didn't have anything either. I wasn't going to give up. I'd spent hours cleaning my room, spent months without sex and I wanted to get my money's worth, so to speak. Let's go to the pharmacy, I said. We got up out of bed, dressed, and went to the nearest pharmacy. We were giggly, red-faced, but determined. When we arrived, there was a long queue that consisted of people with sniffling summer colds and other non-emergencies. I was convinced that my physical needs were much more, more urgent. Even though I'm a sexpert these days, I was always shy about buying condoms in the past. I always got my boyfriends to buy them, but now I was going to have to ask for them because my uni friend didn't speak Spanish. I felt nervous and self-conscious with my out-of-bed hair 
and smudged makeup. And if that wasn't enough, I was going to have to request a packet of XL ones. The pharmacist tried to keep a straight face, but she was clearly amused by it all, especially when I had to repeat XL a few times and everyone in the queue found out. My friend paid and I managed to avoid making any more eye contact during the transaction. We then made our way swiftly back to my place. We couldn't stop laughing over the condom incident. When we got back, our clothes quickly fell to the floor and we carried on precisely where we had left off. He was hard as a table leg in no time at all and I went down on him. I was always proud of my elaborate oral technique but this time it was too good. Within moments, he had ejaculated all over my clean sheets. Sorry, he said over and over again. It's okay, it doesn't matter. I lied. Of course it mattered, I thought to myself. No amount of apologies could make up for my profound disappointment. There was no time to repeat or to carry on. He had to leave and go to the airport taking his brand new, unopened packet of XL condoms with him. I imagined he would inevitably use them with someone else in some other city. Oh well. These days, I make sure I have an extensive selection of condoms available, because size matters sometimes. The book I'm reading now is... Letting Go, The Pathway of Surrender by David R. Hawkins. I am loving this book. I'm just about halfway through. And in the book club that I go to every Saturday, the Spirituality and Personal Development Book Club here in Barcelona, this book has been a regular feature. Some people have brought their books and um, everyone speaks very highly of this book. So I was very intrigued about reading it myself and also about the process of surrender. And let me just read a little part of the blurb to you. Letting go describes a simple and effective means by which to let go of the obstacles to enlightenment and become free of negativity. During the many decades of the author's clinical psychiatric practice, the primary aim was to seek the most effective ways to relieve human suffering in all of its many forms. The inner mechanism of surrender was found to be of great practical benefit as is described in this book. If you've been following me, you'll know that I'm really into manifestation and sex magic, which is using orgasmic energy to manifest. It's a similar concept to law of attraction, but it's specifically relating to sexual energy and orgasmic energy. And I'm always having these lunar kind of rituals with, um, say, with new moon. I I always set my intentions. I make sigils, which are magical symbols. And on full moon, I kind of get rid of them and then I kind of adapt my techniques according to the lunar cycle. And with this book, I've really learned to kind of let go of, of the attachment of the things I want in life. And I think I found it very empowering, actually. And also, I've, I've, had, a, I've had a few difficult moments over the last couple of weeks when, I'm reading, when I've been reading this book. I'm just about halfway through now. And I've really kind of managed to get over these obstacles and difficulties in a very 
in a very dignified way. I just really do believe that this surrender is something that I am benefiting a lot from recently. And, and just uh, as I was influenced by this book, I did a sex magic ritual about a week ago and I was working with the affirmation, what is mine will come to me, rather than thinking I must have this, I must have that. You know, it's kind of a very nice to kind of flow with things and, and not not try and control everything because we cannot control that much really we can only control our reaction to things which sounds like a massive cliche but having this getting this kind of a surrender mindset into having trying to adopt this mindset is really helping me a lot i'm going to read to you a little bit about love as well because i just talk about the um the scale of consciousness and uh, it's something that um, david hawkins created it's a scale of consciousness going from let me see if i can find the page it's going from kind of lower vibration or frequency um, states such as apathy and guilt and shame to higher ones which would be love joy peace and enlightenment so it's kind of interesting to see where we can we are on that scale obviously i think we change from day to day depending on the circumstances but we shouldn't let ourselves be so dictated by circumstances it should be kind of a a, a kind of mindset or a kind of state of being that we have within and I'm really kind of on a journey now about love I'm actually going to start working with a love coach this week which I'm very excited about and I do feel that I've had a lot of resistance to love and a lot of um you know, I've, I haven't very been very inspired by examples I've seen around me. I have lots of people around me with unhealthy relationships and I've just started to notice the ones that have healthy relationships and I've just felt very inspired by them. And I, I do feel, and I have, the part of me has been very afraid of, of loving and um, being vulnerable, I suppose. But now I am coming to a stage in my life where I I did break up with someone last year. So obviously these things do take time. The healing takes time. It's not something you can, I'm not the kind of person who can just jump from one relationship to the next. And being alone is a great way just to heal and kind of reconnect with yourself before getting into a new relationship. And now I feel like I'm really dying for it. <laughs> anyway, not dying for it, but I'm really kind of uh, more open to the idea, and um, and also talking about penises is, is, is kind of frustrating for me right now because I'm I, I'm also celibate because I did have some dalliances earlier this year, but I'm not really into kind of casual sex at all. So it would be nice to have um, a nice, a nice uh, intimate experience with. Um, I want to be blessed by the divine masculine, in other words. Anyway, let me read this to you about love. This is from the book, um, the chapter 12 on love, which is uh, in letting go. Love is a way of being. It is the energy that radiates when the blocks to it have been surrendered. It is more than an emotion or a thought. It is a state of being. Love is what we have become through the pathway of surrender. It is a way of being in the world that says... How can I be of help to you? How can I comfort you? How can I loan you money when you're broke? How can I help you find a job? How can I console you when you've suffered a major loss in your family? Lovingness is a way through which we light up the world. Interesting stuff. Another thing I've been thinking about lately, even though I want to kind of begin uh, and embark on a love story in my life, I also have some friends now who are coming to the end 
of relationships. And it's very eye-opening to see what is happening to them. And I think one mistake that I can see in other people, and even in myself sometimes in the past, is that we should never lose our individuality. I think sometimes when people become part of a couple, they kind of seek the answers in someone else or in an external relationship when really the answers should come within and, and then the relationship kind of adds to your joy in life. It shouldn't be it shouldn't be a necessity. And I think it's difficult to to kind of keep control of that sometimes. And I have a friend who's going through a separation now who's given her family her all and now she's having to start to think of as an individual again after many years. And I can see this is very is a very challenging time in life that people go through a lot. Yes, so I, I'm trying to have my eyes open in this type of uh, situation that I'm in. I want to kind of go into a love story with my eyes open. And something I said to a friend the other day, which is a quote that I heard, I'm not sure who said it, but I think when we are younger, we want to have someone who's going to make our knees tremble with passion. Whereas when you get older, you realize that you want to have, it might be better to have someone who makes your knees stable. Anyway, there are some thoughts as I read Letting Go, The Pathway of Surrender by David R. Hawkins. Now it's time to slow things down as we prepare for this episode's Guided Affirmations Meditation. It's probably not a good idea to listen to this while driving or operating machinery. Instead, take a break from whatever you're doing, get comfortable, take a deep breath, and enjoy. I love my penis. I accept my genitals. I enjoy oral sex. I take care of my sexual health. I can express my sexual desires with my partner. Thank you. 
To find out more about me and my orgasmic lifestyle, visit venusohara.org or follow me on Instagram at instagram.com slash venusohara. Make sure to search for the Orgasmic Lifestyle Podcast by Venus O'Hara in Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Google Podcasts or anywhere else podcasts are found. Make sure to click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Thanks for listening. Have an orgasmic week and make sure every day is a climax.